Hi, everybody. Hi to those online as well. Hi. Hi to those in person here. We are really glad that you have joined us today to worship our God. He is so deserving of our praise. He has done so much for us. And, you know, singing to him today, coming together and listening to his word is just one way that we can say thank you. And so, Holy Spirit, we invite you into this place. We invite you to have your way with us. We just thank you for your presence and how you are faithful to come and meet with us and and how you just actually want to meet with us more than we even want to meet with you. And so we ask that you'd fill this place from the front to the back, from the back to the front, um, and that you would receive our worship and that it would bless your heart. Join me today in worship. Please stand.
30 seconds or one minute to just ground yourself to just remind yourself of his presence Oh, 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 oh,
worship and, and allowing it to bless your heart this morning. That's what we ask for. We thank you for that. We thank you for your presence. We thank you that you are so faithful to come when we ask. So faithful. I want to um, invite the children to go to their program today. And we ask the Holy Spirit would meet them there too. That they would have an encounter with you as well. Thank you for worshiping with us today. You can have a seat. And I have a few announcements for us today. Okay, if you are between the ages of zero and 2.99, okay, if you are between those ages, please put up your hand. Oh, for some reason I can't see your hands. (laughs) Just kidding. Um, But some exciting news uh, is that for those of you who are that age, zero to two, um, we have our nursery begin to open uh, this week. And so we want to invite you to take your parents and go if you'd like. Yes, for those who have those young kids, this is very exciting. (laughs) Um, So... uh, For the future reference, you can take your child, who's between zero and two, to the nursery at the same time as the rest of the children are dismissed um, going forward during service, and then pick them up afterwards, of course. Um, Also, offering. If you want to give your tithes and offerings to the Lord, you can do so through this QR code right here, or you can visit our website. Um, Please give back what the Lord has given you. He's so generous to us. And even when sometimes we're feeling the pinch, he still comes through for us. He's really faithful in that. Um, Also, I want to invite James and Lee. Do you want to come up? And then Rumi and Jeff as well. We want to invite you guys up too. This is Rumi's last Sunday with us. um, And we're really going to miss her. So we want to pray her on her way. Wonderful. It's, um, it's such an honor for us as a family and as a community to celebrate when wonderful uh, things happen, right, in, in each other's lives. And Rumi, Jack, come on, move on up here. And um, I'm sure many of you have had the absolute joy and privilege of getting to know this beautiful lady. She is an absolute joy, right? Yeah, absolutely. Show us some love here. And... Um, Rumi, you've just, you came into the community and off the bat, you just got rooted here, you, you served, you loved, you went out of your way to befriend people, to care about people. Um, everyone has felt loved because of you. And um, you, you really have, you've just, you, you made this community your own. You made it home as long as it could be home. And I just know that, that because of that, because you invested yourself, because you chose to sow into this community, so many of us have, have benefited from that. But I now pray that everything you have sowed in here will be sowed into you in this next season by others. And, and I know that God's gone before you. He's, he's made a way for you. This is an exciting, wonderful season that he's led you into. And so although I know there are tears, it's actually there are tears of joy. We're, we're sad that we're going to be yeah, just separated through distance, but never, never heart. Right, we are we're connected. Your family. I said to you guys today, you've always got Canadian family and a Canadian home here. So please come and visit often. 
But we want to bless you. It's such an exciting season. For those of you that may not know, maybe if you're new here, these two are getting married in two weeks' time. <laughs> and that's the reason that Rumi is leaving, and it's because she is marrying this very lucky man over here. <laughs> right? um, so for those of you that haven't met Jack, he is an absolute darling, and um, God has put two very wonderful people together. And uh, their story is amazing. Your, your story is a testimony, right? to the Lord going before you years and years ahead of what you could have even imagined, right? I mean, these, these guys um, were connected family-wise before they ever connected. Their, their families, family members had become friends with other family members before these two ever met each other. And so they, their story is a God story. And uh, so we just want to bless you guys. We're excited for you. We celebrate with you. Just know that you are, are loved. Yeah. No, absolutely. We are thrilled for this next season of your guys' lives. It is going to be amazing. Um, I know, you know, the two. Why don't you, you know, just share. Are you guys, of course, you're comfortable to share a little bit, whichever one. Yeah, so um, Rumi's going to come join me in the U.S., and then we're going to get married in about two weeks. And yeah, and then the adventure starts, honeymoon, and then going to India and having another basically wedding there. And, but yeah, we're just really trusting God for him to speak what he wants us to do because we both have felt a calling from God as well to, to do missions and church work and, and stuff like that. So yeah, we're just trusting God to, to show us the path forward. And, and yeah, we're really excited to start our lives together. It's been a long time coming. So yeah. So um, I thank you all for just being there in my life. And it was a great pleasure being here because Canada was new to me. I didn't know anyone, but I really thank God for just putting people, like name, naming people and putting them in my, lives, in my life. And uh, he, he is a faithful God. As we just sang, he makes uh, grapes into gardens. He makes seas into highways. And he turns our morning into dancing. Yeah. So I just thank God because all these years, whatever we sow, he, we just reap it back again in joy. And I just thank God for all that he has placed in my life uh, with you guys, with Jack, and the way he's taking us. It's just like words are even enough, not enough to like thank him. So yeah, and thank you, Canada family. And I'm sure that I, I, I will come back to see Good. you guys. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> thank you. That's wonderful. Well, we just want to pray for you. Lord, we just thank you for these two. We thank you for this next season of their life together. Lord, we bless their marriage. We bless uh, their travels to India. We bless them as a couple. And Lord, their lives would be fruitful in every way. Uh, we thank you for the season that we've had uh, with Rumi. Lord, we thank you that we've got to know Jack. And we just can release these two in peace into the next season of their life. And we thank you that, God, you are the one that is really ordering everything, that we all belong to you. This church is yours. And so we look forward to hearing the adventures that you send them on, the things that you have for them, and to be partnering with them as family, regardless of what country or what place you have them in. Amen. Amen. I just want to share one thing with you. just felt um, God wanted you to know that in all circumstances, he goes before you and he says, in all circumstances, remember 
that you are my son and my daughter, and that will never change. And I just, I just hear him giving you the promises that are in Isaiah 43, where he says, you know, when you pass through the waters, they will not overwhelm you. And when you go through the fire, you will not be burned. And I just felt like he's, he's wanting to solidify in the two of you such a confidence in him and in your identity in him as a son and a daughter, and that he is your good and faithful father. He always goes before you. He will always make a way. And I believe that that is going to be a hallmark of your life together, that you're going to proclaim to others and they're going to watch your life and see the faithfulness of God in your life, the evidence of a God that they can trust and believe in because you have put your trust in him and you will see the goodness of the Lord go before you. Yeah. Very welcome. Wonderful. Well, we have with us uh, Mark and Bridget Elwood that are ministering this morning, and they've also brought a team from the Bridge Church in Pickering. So, guys, if you just want to stand up and uh, and say hello. That's it. Wonderful. Well, I'm going to invite Mark and Bridget to come on up. And, you know, Mark and Bridget have really been with us for the beginning of the church. They were the first Sunday that we met at Dolphin School. They were here ministering with us. So they've been with us for the long haul. Uh, they lead the Bridge Church in Pickering. And, uh, yeah, we're just privileged to have them with us this morning. So thank you so much for being here. Yeah, I'll, I'll get you. Here we go. A stand. And Lord, we just, we just thank you for these two. We thank you for their ministry. We thank you for their faithfulness. We thank you for their friendship. Lord, just speak through them to us this morning. We, and just and may they be as encouraged as they minister as we will be receiving their ministry. Amen. Hi, everyone. Well, boy, have you grown. <laughs> you know, the scripture says that Jesus builds his church and make no mistake, this is living proof. Just too wonderful, each one of you. I wish I knew your names, but you are beautiful to me, to me already in my heart. I just, James and Lee, thank you. Such a privilege. Where is he gone? Oh, there he is. Hi, hi, hi. <laughs> and Joel? Hi. <laughs> Where's Seth? Oh, Seth wasn't around when we first came, so anyway, <laughs> not yet. But I just wanted to say this is a word for the two of you and obviously your, your beautiful Lifehouse family. I just felt that there was something that's going to the Lord's going to do that is going to actually expand and extend your faith. You're going to need lots of faith. That's the bottom line. Together. <laughs> You're going to need a lot. It's going to be great. It's going to be good. It's going to be Him. But this, this is the scripture just to back it. Um, <clears throat> it's 2 Thessalonians 1.11 from the NIV. It says, with this in mind, we constantly pray for you that our God may make you worthy of his calling and that by his power, he may bring to fruition your every desire for goodness and your every deed prompted by faith. So guys, put your seatbelts on because you're going to need this faith, I promise. <laughs> and we're going to hopefully be around to see what the Lord is going to do. It's going to be wonderful. Yeah. He needs the mark. Good. I'm just uh, raising this up so I can see what the pages say.
Well, good morning to you, Lifehouse, and uh, it's a privilege to be here once again. Thank you to James and Lee and the elders for inviting us and entrusting you to me for this morning. And um, I, I'm just uh, astounded at what the Lord is doing and what he says. Bridget didn't know what I was going to preach on, and if you listen to what she had to say and what I want to preach on this morning, I hope you see that how that ties in. Uh, is the metal thing in my head annoying you? It's from the Boer War. I have a metal plate in my head. So it's such a privilege to be here and thank you. And uh, so what I want to speak about this morning is preparing for expansion. And it's uh, a bit of a, a prophetic preach, if you like. Um, and it's a message for you people today as a family uh, as individuals in your own families and in your togetherness uh, as a church. Should I move forward? Well, that's going to mess you up, Joel. Okay, all right. Well, I'm just going to leave the experts to fix it while I try and do what I'm doing. So I want to talk about preparing for expansion. It's a message for all of you who call Lifehouse home. Uh, I'm going to refer a lot to leadership uh, but we have to understand that leadership, when we preach from the scriptures and we go to leadership texts, then normally the rest of the church just dials out and says, well, that's for them, and they better get their acts together. Well, for today, it's for all of us. We have to understand uh, that uh, the leadership are not the, the benchmark. They are not the super stud dudes and girls. They simply are following biblical mandates, and it's for all of us to follow in that and to be that way inclined. So I feel this morning for you guys that you're going to be stepping into a season of preparedness and a season of growth. And I'm not just talking about numerically numbers here, uh, which is part of it, but you're also going to, I'm talking about you're going to grow in maturity. Uh, we're going to say, well, we're not the same people a year ago. We are now. We're going to mature more. Your numbers financially, um, you're going to see explosion in that area. And this leads us into what I call a transcendent life. And what that means is living life beyond yourselves, uh, not trying to fulfill my comfort zone for this week, but to express and extend yourselves uh, beyond that. So let's read uh, from Titus uh, chapter 2, verse 11. It says, For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people. So that means all people. You can say all people with me. I don't, there you go. I brought my cheering crowd. There, there we go. There we go. There we go. So I, I, it doesn't worry me. I know in worship somebody shouted out hallelujah. I don't mind if you do that. Uh, just stay in your seats. You can stand up if you like, and you can throw things if you like. I'm okay with that. Anyway, where was I? For all people, training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in the present age, waiting for our blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. So when I say all, when Scripture says all, it means all. It doesn't mean some. It means all. There we go. You're getting it. I love it. So the first thing I want to do is look at a transcendent life. 
and what that looks like. So we're going to do a little bit of psychology this morning as well as Bible. So in Maslow's hierarchy of uh, needs, uh, which is the sum psychology we're going to look at, the first four are the deficiency needs in there, the physical safety, love, and self-esteem. Those are our deficient needs, and we need that to know. And that's why I say you can shout at me because I get insecure if you don't shout at me. And so we're going to move forward. And then uh, needs five to eight are cognitive, aesthetic, self-actualization, and transcendence, which means our growth needs and how we grow. Now, that's inside of you, whether you know it or not, whether you appreciate it or not, or whether you go there or not. That's okay. But what we have to understand is that this team of psychologists, who are all the smart dudes, they were purporting what Scripture already told us. And so we want to follow Scripture and what Scripture says about this kind of stuff. And so what are transcendent needs in our lives as followers of Christ? Well, is to be truly fulfilled is to live a life worthy of meaning. All of us want to live a life worthy of meaning. You know, we don't want to just get up, go to work, come home, come to church, or just go to church. No, we are the church. I, even, I don't even like saying, let's go to church, because we are the church. And when wherever we go, this is just like a half time, when we get some orange juice and a pep talk and then some encouragement, and then we go out and we do the real church. We go out and live it out in Streetsville and Mississauga and wherever you, li you live. The saying, exceeding usual limits, surpassing the status quo. And this is going to, uh, well, I hope it excites you a little bit to be like that. It means extending our lives beyond the limits of just an ordinary experience. I mean, I'm sure most of you have been listening and watching what's going online in Kentucky in the little village of Woolmore. Um, and I know pretty much about what goes down there because my brother lives there and his wife. And uh, she is the secretary to the dean of the Asbury's Theological College. And uh, they spend five hours there the one night just going into the, this glory realm. And that can happen here. But we have to have a heart for it. If you want to have revival, you've got to pray and get going towards it. We've got to live a life beyond ourselves living more in supernatural proportion than we do in the natural. And I know for some people that just weirds them out a little bit. But we are not human beings having an experience, a supernatural experience, a spiritual experience. We are spiritual beings having a human experience. Okay, some of you agree with me. Albert Einstein says this, once we accept our limits, we go beyond them. Isn't that exciting? Do we want to just stay the same old, same old? Year in, year out. 2019, 2020, I mean, I know those were three horrible years in the life of the world, let alone here. But we want to go beyond ourselves. You want to see expansion? You want to see growth? We've got to go beyond ourselves. Ephesians 3.20 says, Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly... That's not just a little bit. That's far more abundantly than all that we ask or think according to the power of work within us. What Paul is doing here, Paul is revealing that there is no higher revelation than the fullness of God. Let that sink in for you a little bit. 
We have to know, to, we know, we want to know God intimately. You know, in Greek, there are two words. There's epigenosis and there's gnosis. Gnosis means having a knowledge of. Epigenosis means I know God and God knows me. And we want the epigenosis. We don't just want a gnosis. And we, so we go on. It's doing life with God. It's walking with God, moving along with God. A deeper revelation of Abba, our Father God, Son and Holy Spirit. And this can only happen because God is able to do far more beyond what we ask or we think or we can even captivate in our minds. My heart for Lifehouse Church this morning is that we become to live transcendent lives, being a people, a family of believers who want to make a difference in your community, want to make a difference in your togetherness here. You know, in Acts chapter 17, Paul and his companions are described this way. These men who have turned the world upside down have come here also. Wouldn't it be good to know that if you're from Lifehouse, you're part of that, you're part of turning the world upside down, not for weird sake, but for the gospel, for the kingdom, for the king and his kingdom, and to make sure that you are living a life beyond yourselves. And when people say, well, why do you do that? How do you go? I don't know. Well, don't you really understand what you do? No, we don't, actually. We just know Holy Spirit said, do this, go here, do that, and we just want to follow that. We don't have, want to have agendas that we are man-made, that we think, you know, we want to, uh, and our guys with us will tell me, I think if I say it once in a sermon, I'll say it many times, we actually want to follow hard after what God's agenda is, not what our agenda is. We get messed up when we try and do it ourselves. Put it another way, we want to live beyond ourselves. You know, the book of 1 Timothy is a great leadership manual. We're not going to preach through that today, but I thought I'd just mention it to you. Uh, it presents the most explicit and complete instruction for church leadership and organic organization uh, within the entire Bible. It includes sections on appropriate conduct uh, in worship gatherings, the qualification of elders and deacons, and, and the proper order of church discipline. Oh, my word, don't say those words. We don't like them. God is a God of order. Yeah, whether you like it or not, he's a God of order. Thank you. And uh, we want to understand that Paul's advice to Timothy is hugely valuable in setting godly, ordained, practical uh, advice to the church, to practices in the church. Like any singular family, as we, we have our do work in his way, uh, when God ordained a structure, it's because it's God ordained. Often I say, you know, when Jesus sat down with his disciples one day and he was there sitting down, you know, cooking some fish on the beach and they came up and he was just having this, do you, do you think Jesus just said arbitrary, ob, for the older people, arbitrary, for the younger people, ob, conversations with his disciples? When he said, you know what, guys, I'll build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail. Do you think he had an idea of what he was talking about? Or was just like, man, I don't know what to say to these guys. <laughs> Lord, help me. Father, help me here. What do I say? We don't need to stand with leadership and not hero status, as I said. Uh, simply a direction for all believers to walk in. 
So 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 16 says, Be conscientious about how you live and what you teach. You want expansion? You want to grow? You want to mature? Persevere in this because by doing so, you will save both yourself and those who listen to you. I love the fact that you sent the kids out this morning. Holy Spirit, speak to them. You know, it doesn't matter if you're 6, 16, 26, or 66. When they bring a prophetic word, when a little six-year-old brings a prophetic word, I know sometimes we think, oh, cute, and we all give them a little golf clap. I want to suggest don't do that. Their word from God is as important to us as the word from a mature person. If they are listening to what the Lord says, and even if they come and they say, uh, Jesus said today, we must all be happy. No, 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 no. The Lord has spoken to a six-year-old, and they are divulging to us the heart of God. We treat that with the same respect as we would uh, anybody else. Anyway, thank you. Whatever area you're involved in in serving the body of Christ, be conscientious about how you live that out and what you, you teach and what, count your words. We don't live in victory uh, and live overwhelmed at the same time. Those are like a dichotomy, you know. Oh, I'm up and then I'm down. I'm, I, I know I said to our church one day, you know, we're talking about something similar. I said, he's like Kate Perry, you know. I'm up and then I'm down. I'm in and then I'm out. And <laughs> now you know why I'm not on the worship team. <laughs> I'm trying. <laughs> we don't live... In victory, we live from victory. God has given us victory already. We stand on his promises. You know, we, we want to live in abundant life that God had given us. And But, you know, sometimes we're going to be wild about it a little bit. Not weird, just wild. It's good. We called up high in God is an attitude of the heart. What we choose to accept or not. Well, if I really want to get down in the front and kind of move... Is anybody going to freak out? Well, what do the people think? Can I suggest to you that you actually are the people? Think more about what the Holy Spirit, when he's prompted you, of course. Yeah, this is not... Anyway, you know what I'm saying. Okay, let's read on. Some more scripture. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1. You then, my child, be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus. I can't do this. It's too hard. Yeah, it is. But in Christ Jesus, it's not. And we can do it because he has given us. This is not some mere white knuckling holding on until Jesus comes back. You know, as I often say, you know, some people live, well, I'm saved now. Now I'm just going to go and sit at the rapture bus stop and wait for him to come. No, 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 no. There are works. There are things for us to do. The works that he provides, not the works we think we should do I hope that's clear. We do it in his will and his power. It is a divine strength of grace that he empowers us with. Christ in me, the hope of glory. And we want to move in that. He's placed within us. Jesus at all times is our source of strength. Verse 2. And what you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses entrusts to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. 
And this is where the ladies dial out and they go, okay, entrusted to faithful men, you men better rise up and do your thing. No, let's just be clear. To understand, sometimes in Greek, it swaps between men and women and women, and this is one of those times. Uh, the Greek word is anthropos, which means men and woman. So entrust to the anthropos to train our past and train up men and women. And Paul is having, train up men and women what I have taught you and what I am passing on to you, and so that the anthropos to do the same, just like I've been doing so that we can be all built up and mature in Christ Jesus. Chapter, uh, still 2, chapter, verse 3. Then it says, share in suffering. Uh-oh, we don't like that one. We don't, we're, no, I don't want no suffering. Thank you. Pass me by. Share in suffering as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. No soldier gets entangled in the civilian pursuits since his aim is to please the one who enlists him. An athlete is not crowned unless he competes according to the rules, and it is the hard-working farmer who ought to have the first share of the crops. Now, why did Paul give these three examples? And I hope, I'm glad you asked the question, because I'm going to help you. Number one, a good soldier, and Paul was talking about the, a good example of a Roman soldier uh, who is single-minded, uh, has rigorous discipline and rigorous training, is unquestioning obedience. And we need to learn to be like that when it comes to the things of God, what God says to us. Because you said it, Lord, then I'll do it. Well, what about this? Lord, can we just do it this way because that suits me better? No, let's do it God's way. We share in this kind of suffering. Life gets tough and seemingly overwhelming at times. But we don't back down. We press forward. You know, often people, when they run into a little bit of an issue, and I know we all have issues at times, including myself, and then sometimes what we do is instead of running to the rock, we run into our cave at home. And we stay there. And now, when, I, when I'm okay, when I'm, when I'm sorted me out, then I'll come back to church. That's not biblical thinking. It's run to the rock. The rock is Jesus Christ. Come to the body. Rub shoulders with one another. Be a soldier in the army. Thank you. Second one, an athlete. The Olympian who prepares for a race. If any of you do serious athletics, I'm not talking about going for a 5K run. Well, for me, 5K runs are really serious thing. <laughs> but if you're just doing 5Ks, then that's not what I'm talking about. We have to understand, in those days, they were super disciplined. What they had to, before they could even enter a race to compete in the, in the, 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 the Parthenon, they had to prove that they had done 10 hours of training. They had to complete a 10, sorry, 10-month 10 program of training. And then it says that they must compete according to the rules. And the Greek word for that is nomimos, which means to complete lawfully. No cheating, no shortcuts, no, I did nine and a half months, I'm okay. No, 10 months was the requirement. If you don't, they would disqualify you, and that could be embarrassing enough. And then, of course, a hardworking farmer is, should have the first share of the crops. Well, in reality, there is no such thing as a successful lazy farmer. If any of you know anything about farming, 
They get up before any of us think about getting up. And they already had their coffee when we're still trying to figure out what day is it. So these three metaphors have a reward attached to each one of them. The soldier gets the approval of his commanding officer. Our commanding officer is Jesus. That's the only approval we want or we need. The athlete wins the crown. One day he will come for us and he'll say, this is your crown. This is your, your joy. And then the farmer gets the first year of the crop. But we will share for, with eternity with Jesus. We need to be followers of Christ who have strong qualities of discipline, uh, self-control, endurance, and a toughness that the enemy is like, who are you? You know, once you say, Paul, we know, and this guy we know, we don't know Jesus we know. We don't know who you guys are. We wanted to say it the other way around to us. We know who you are. Last verse here says, think over what I say. For the Lord will give you understanding in everything. We need to take his word and meditate on it. Think about it. Think about what the Lord is downloading into your heart. What is he saying to you? It will bring new revelation in a way that you've never experienced it before. Having said that, the second thing I want to look at is hindrances to expansion. What can hinder us from going forward? I'm so glad you asked. What are the hindrances for your expansion or going forward and, or advancing in the kingdom, advancing the kingdom, but also advancing in the kingdom? Number one, conservatism. Learn to be free in Christ with expansive in your faith, as Bridget said this morning. We need to dig deep and grow some deep roots in our faith going forward. Abraham taught Isaac to trust in God, and he followed God wholeheartedly, and God provided every step of the way. When we learn to trust God implicitly, that's that immediate obedience. Well, God, did you really say? And that was the first lie ever. When the, Satan went to Eve in the garden, did God really say? I mean, his tactic hasn't changed in over 2,000 years. It hasn't changed. It's still the same. He, he's not really creative. He didn't think too good. I know that's bad English, but I mean to say it. <laughs> when we trust God implicitly, as with Moses, there will always be a ram in the bush for us. Same God will provide for each one of us, and we live in the moment of obedience in faith in God. Conservatism will hamstring the church and kill the life of God within the church when we are conservative all the time. And I know some people, well, in our life, in our family, Bridges the extrovert, I'm the introvert, believe it or not. And uh, I had to allow the Holy Spirit to work in my heart because this is what he was calling me into. And then, uh, you know that with that calling, you've got to stand up and talk in front of a bunch of people. I was like, yeah, I think you got the wrong guy. And God said, no, 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 you're the guy. Family secret. I wanted to be a rock star for God. <laughs> I was just, oh, not so much. You know, the disciples sometimes stepped out in faith 
and it all went wonky. It all went wrong. It was, they messed up. That's okay. If you never step out for God in faith, you will never know. You will never move beyond that conservatism. You'll never expand your faith. And, you know, we better to try to do uh, nothing. You know, somebody wrote once and said, wildfire is better than no fire at all. And so we want some of God's wildfire. The structure of the church is there for a purpose, is to serve and bring life to God's people. Leaders, the elders and deacons, bring banks and boundaries to the river so that the life can flow. They're not there to spoil your fun. You know, when we take lead out of leadership, all you get is worship. And who wants to follow worship? Anyway, number two, complacency will kill our expansion. Complacency will lead us into captivity. Well, we just come and we just sit here and we just do a thing because church is just something we go to on a Sunday morning. Man, and ours is cool. It's in a movie house. And then we can go out of here and in the glory of God and watch some violent thing next door. And sit and eat popcorn. Anyway. Complacency will devalue our values and convictions. They will no hold sway in direction or anywhere else. Have any of you heard this? Lifehouse Church exists to encourage and equip followers of Jesus to demonstrate his transformative love, grace, and power wherever they go. Jesus has commanded us to all, all to go and to impact friends, families, neighbors, communities, cities, and nations with the good news that God loves them and has made a way for all people to come into relationship with him. Have you ever heard that before? Yeah. It's your statement of faith on your website. Your mission statement. Yeah. And you're going, ah, oh, where do you get that? <laughs> Off your website. This is who you are. When we step back or shut things down in difficult times, and we just spent through nearly two and a half years of difficult times, then we will tend to build it and not God. I know people said to me, okay, over summer, we're we just not going to have our prayer meetings. I said, oh, no, we're still having our prayer meeting. He said, well, not many people will come. I said, that's fine. Why? Because we want to build a contingency. We want to build consistency. We want to build something that God has told us not to do. Oh, sorry, God told us to do. Ay, ay, ay. The devil's plan for the church is gradualism. Well, let's just, things are getting difficult. They're getting too hard. We lose our passion for things. And the result is we end up not growing and expanding, we end up in living in maintenance mode. And that's not kingdom. The upkeep of the church then starts to distract us from advancing or the kingdom of God whose given values that we have. Church membership becomes a right rather than a privilege. What will the church do for me? What can I get out of the service this morning? Man, can I suggest this to you? And James can correct me afterwards. How about get up half an hour early in the morning, Sunday morning particularly, pray and ask God, Lord, who can I bless today? 
what strength can I bring today that's going to honor the body of Christ, serve the body of Christ, and help us to expand and grow into the people that you're calling us to be? I know, that, I know this is not like new stuff that you just ever heard. Worship becomes our weekly buzz or fix. Hey, I can't get to work, to church, to have a good session of worship. Yeah, and it is, and it's great, and it's good. But there, this is not your buzz, your weekly fix. We should be in word, worship, and prayer all day, every day, 24-7. Our times of worship here should be our times of honoring the king. When you do announcements, sorry, I don't know your name. Anne. When Anne stood up here and opened it up and led us into triumph, that's worship. When she did announcements this morning, that's worship. Praying for those, uh, that uh, amazing young couple, that's worship. Reading a scripture, that's worship. Worship is not singing songs. Singing songs is singing songs, but we've dumbed it down to, oh, that's our time of worship. Wherever, whatever you do, just having coffee together and fellowship together, Acts 2.42 is worship. Isaiah 6, oh, that's a wonderful worship text. No, no. It's more of a worship text than it is a commissioning area. Well, that's when Isaiah got commissioned. Yeah, but that was worship. Woe is me, unclean lips. Time to confess and, and serve the glory of the king. When people are dialed out, they treat worship as an optional extra. Well, let's have a look and see what happened on Facebook this morning. Uh, worship, singing together, praying together should be a catalyst of a moment of crescendo in God's glory. When we become complacent and safe instead of gutsy and bold asks, prayer times become flabby and fleshy, if I could say so, instead of big and bold asks, kingdom directed, instead of an outward expression, it becomes an inward perspective. No one's amening this morning now. Okay. Am I digging to meet? Kids. So I'm going to say this now because the kids are all out. Kids. <laughs> Fit into what the Bible, what is biblically what we're living out. They don't dictate what we do. We, as parents, are telling them what they do. When we come together, when you're a prayer meeting, bring your kids to prayer meeting. You can't wait till they're 16 or 17 to teach them how to pray now together. They should come together and be with them. And if they're five or six years old and they want to pray, let them pray. When we were living in South Africa, one of the most amazing moments we had was I was taking a team to Madagascar to go minister there. And in the prayer meeting, this 10-year-old came up and said, I want to I pray. Now he's a kid. So we said, oh, sure, here, yeah, have the mark. And he said, Lord Jesus, bless them as they go. Amen. But you know, the spiritual temperature in that room lifted. You know, we all owe that great Jehovah who rides the clouds, and then I'm like, what? And he was just like, Lord Jesus, just bless them as they go. Lack of prayer, lack of power. When we cancel prayer meetings because people don't come, we throw away our God-given authority to join together and to pray 
and in aspects of the allness of biblical togetherness. And we have to understand that the, now those who don't come are dictating the direction of the church and not God. Our attitude defines our altitude. Are you grumpy or are you joyous? Are you holding out on your team, your family, in all aspects of the allness of your biblical togetherness? If you have a gift and a talent and it's resting on your blessed assurance, I would encourage you today to get up off your blessed assurance and see the leadership team and say to the leadership team, hey, I don't know if you know, but I, do, I can do this. I can, whether it's sound or playing an instrument or prophetic voice or whatever, it doesn't matter. It's all together. You know, I, do, I did an exercise with our church one day. I was preaching on all being together in, I can't remember everything. But uh, we got a jigsaw puzzle and we got a 500-piece jigsaw puzzle and each someone walked into the door, we gave them a piece. And then when I stood up to preach, I just said, okay, all hold up your jigsaw puzzle so we can all see you got them. All held them up. And I said, who knows what it's like to build a jigsaw puzzle and there's all pieces missing? It looks like an incomplete picture. And that's the point. If you're not doing your best in bringing your strength, it's an incomplete picture. But we want to, for the sake of the king and his kingdom, and your expansion and your growth and your maturity, Bring your jigsaw piece and put it in. Uh, encourage people to come to prayer meeting. Conservatism leads to the preaching becoming an entertainment center rather than a battle cry. We declare the hope of glory, of the king of glory. It leads to discipleship becoming self-help rather than leaders, people to serve the king on our journey together and on the front line. Soldiers for the king and his kingdom. Jesus becomes a mild means of service rather than the true conquering king. And Jesus becomes your bellhop. Oh, Jesus, do this for me. Jesus, do that for me. Jesus, take me here. Jesus, take me there. And some of that's good sometimes. But mostly he's told us in his word what we should do. Okay, let me get off that one so you can get a little bit noisy. Point number three, comfort and convenience. Oh, man, I thought you were going to make this easier for us. We are covenant people bought at a price, serving a conquering king. We are bought, if you understand the whole thing of uh, Tetelestai, it is finished. When Jesus said, it is finished, we were purchased off the block of slavery in our chains. And then we say, you know, take the shackles off my feet so I can dance. We sing that. Well, I think you do anyway. And we understand that we were bought at a price, taken off the slave block into freedom and liberty. And as I said to our people last week, double jeopardy is in play. We cannot be tried again for what we've done because Jesus already paid the, the price for us. Often it's not about being comfortable and convenient. You know, there's three things. There's convenience, which means... I'm in control and I do everything that's convenient for me. And I arrive when I want to arrive and all that. Contract means, okay, church, if you do this for me, then I'll do that for you. We're none of those. We're covenant people. And sometimes we're the ones we think that we've cut the covenant. We didn't. 
The Father and the Son cut the covenant that we could live in His grace, His unmerited favor, and we just receive the benefits of that. And often when we follow in the covenant, we get to enjoy the blessings of His comfort and convenience over our lives. Never, yet never we do it at the expense of holding back the kingdom of God. Number four, carelessness. When we're insecure and unsure is carelessness in leading God's people. We never blow an uncertain trumpet in a season of purpose, a season of expansion. Well, I don't know what to do. No, we've got to be confident that the king has said, go here, and we go there. All of us together, we are intentional and focused. We're general and specific. We're authentic. If you haven't worked it out now, the young people of today are not looking for smoke machines and glitz. They are looking for authenticity. They want to know that we are real. Some of you gray heads in the room here, and I'm one of them, so I can say this. Be authentic with young people. Engage them. Are they so energetic? Of course they are. But you, mountain of snow, wisdom. Anyway, number five, compromise. We nearly go through this. Compromise, don't compromise. Unity comes from an agreement in the heart. Not, I'm sitting down on the outside, but you better know I'm standing up on the inside. Don't compromise the message of the gospel of God's word. And sometimes, uh, there are things in Scripture that I would rather not preach. I would not re read. But it's His Word. And so we must. Need, we need boldness and courage to stand on God's Word. We need to define the issues that are worth dying for and stand in our field of barley for the King and His kingdom. Did I say that before? Okay, number six, two more left. The opinion of man, critics. The opinion of man. Everyone has an opinion. Aristotle says this, do nothing, say nothing, be nothing, you'll never be criticized. Beige. No, we don't want to be beige people. Too often we are afraid to offend others. We end up offending Jesus. Scripture teaches, do not grieve the Holy Spirit. We want to move in the glory of it. And it's going to mean some opposition. I don't remember the town now, but some school now, a kid just got kicked out of his class, 16-year-old. Because they were talking about this whole gender and LGBTQ. And everyone was in a conversation. And he had an opinion. And they didn't like his opinion, so he got kicked out of the school. Then he got sent home. Then he came back to school, and the police arrested him. We've got to be courageous. <sighs> Encourage you to step out of fear into boldness. Fear God more than you fear man. Last point, number seven, carnality. Carnality will, will reveal itself in many different guises and will destroy your call, your ministry. Well, I don't have a Yes, you do. 
James and Lee's ministry is to lead this church. Your ministry is wherever you're employed. We all have a ministry. Your personal success, when that is more important to you, it's an issue. Personal spotlight. Well, I like to be the one in charge. No, you don't. Because when you are in charge, you'll find out, man, this is not nice. Your personal needs. And if I may be as bold to say this, Absalom, Judas, Jezebel, and Diatrophes have no place in the body of Christ. Leaders, and for the leaders, they never, ever graduate from sheep needs. Well, they're the pastors, they're the elders. They don't have sheep. No, they do. They're still sheep. We are still sheep. I am still sheep. Uh, Last scripture, Ephesians 4.15. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. Everyone having their jigsaw puzzle, their piece, bringing it and putting it in, coming in in the morning and say, I'm here to serve. I'm trusting the Lord's going to speak to me, but how can I serve one another? Some people think the church is a pyramid uh, where the, the elder, the senior pastor, the elder, whatever you want to call him, is at the top. Others think the church, well, James is the bus driver. He's taking us somewhere. Well, in a sense he is, but God, Jesus, is the bus driver. And what you all have to do is find your seat on the bus. Some people's A seat is to lead worship and to do worship. Yours might be to make the best coffee ever. There's nothing better than good coffee. I'm just saying that. God wants to see the church as a body where every part is working together, pulling together. Lifehouse Church is a family, meaning all together, following hard after God and His pursuits, all rowing in the same direction. Not some this way, some that way. Final slide, preparing for expansion requires all of God's people. You're owning all of the vision of Lifehouse Church, using all of their gifts, living in all of the values to fulfill all of God's purposes to disciple all of your community. Amen, amen. I know you're very comfortable. I'm going to ask you to stand, please, if I could just pray. And I want to see who's fallen asleep. They'll just keep sitting. It's okay, my dear, you can stay seated. Father, we just come to you today, Lord God, and we just honor you. We honor your word, Lord. And Father, I just pray that this morning this word has uh, ignited something within the, the heart of the people here at Lifehouse Church. And Lord God, we, we thank you that your word is ever true. And Father, that we could take it with love in our hearts. We would grow up in love together, honoring Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Teach us and guide us in all your ways, Lord. Lead us into a better way. Father, we just come to you this morning, Lord God, and we just offer ourselves once again. 
And if you're here and you, this message has meant anything, just, Lord, I want to be part of the expansion. I want to be part of the growth. I want to see your kingdom come in our lives here together. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Thank you so much for that. I know there's a lot of information there, and the wonderful thing is that we have it on podcast and we have it on video, so you can go back to it. It's almost, you know, and some of the things that Mark was was saying to us this morning, they're just like Paul would write to the different churches, just with some warnings of things to watch out for so that we will continue just going for what God has for us. Um, Louise has a word for the church as well. I'm going to get her to share that. And one other really quick thing that I'll share, but Louise, come up. If you don't mind, just bring up the slide for me about the mission statement again that Mark had up there, if you can find it while Louise gives her word. Good morning, church. Um, thanks, James and Lee. Uh, just during worship, I had a picture of... Um, just a, a, a construction site that was busy, hustling and bustling. And we're just asking the Lord, uh, you know, I don't know anything about construction, but um, I just felt him take me through um, the process of when you build a house. Um, and there's probably folks here in the you know, auditorium who, who know the process. But, um, you know, from drawing up the architectural plans to digging the ground to then getting the teams in who lay the foundation and do the framework and then the carpenters and the drywallers and eventually the roofers, right? And then the tilers and um, you've got the decor team and um, they're getting the house ready. And whatever season the Lord has you in, um, I'm going to challenge you because I I just felt like the Lord said, um, each one of you has value and each one of you is significant. And each one of you has gifts, not just natural talents, but spiritual gifts to use in constructing, in constructing this house. And you've got your mission statement up there. And um, I, I encourage you, uh, take a look at it and go, what, what's my role in this? Because spiritually, we are a body, right, that works together. Not just 25 people in, in, in here. It's all of us. And I just felt like the sense was... People were rolling up their sleeves and and starting to step into those gifts that he's given you and appreciating one another and celebrating. Like, you know, there's nothing worse than, I don't know if you've been driven past a construction site and there's a whole bunch of guys and girls just sitting around doing nothing, right? And there's like two or three fiddling around doing their thing. Like the kingdom of God is advancing and you and I have the incredible privilege of being part and doing our part, right? And so the the real essence of it was God's going to be doing something. He is already doing something. But for this next season of faith and expansion, uh, I encourage you. It might be a little bit awkward. It's okay. You'll survive. But take a look to the left of you. Take a look to the right of you. Look at the people around you. I mean it. Look at the people around you. They're a beautiful bunch. They're a beautiful bunch. Do you believe that person is valuable? It might be nice to tell them that sometimes. Do you believe that that person is significant? 
Do you believe as a church that you have got great value and significance? Why do you believe that? Because why do you show up on a Sunday? Right, you've got a mission statement up here. And just the sense that I really feel Holy Spirit is wanting to just ignite that again in people. I have value. I have significance. I have gifts. If you don't know what your gifts are, then speak to the leadership and say, help me. But at the moment, use these things. Right? God's given us these to do something. There's a, there's a construction site that's being built. And the purpose of that is that that house is being built for a purpose. The kingdom is being built for a purpose, not just for us. We get to enjoy, we get to celebrate, but there's a world out there who needs to know about the good news. And we get to be part of that. So please, my, my, my courage, uh, encouragement slash challenge is ask God this week, what's my value? What's my purpose? What am I rolling my sleeves up for? Right? For people who've given up, for people who I feel just like are stuck, you, it's allow Holy Spirit to say, Holy Spirit, what, what am I going to be used for? Because for what God's got planned for you as a church, as a body, in this community and the communities that you have, is far more than you could actually ask or think or imagine. You are valuable. You are significant. You have gifts within you. And celebrate that with one another. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Louise. Well, just as we go, a reminder, yeah, that, that mission statement is so important and so key in everything that we do. And we've been going through our core values, you know, and this month our core value is Jesus is central to everything. And the, uh, the, the part we're focusing on this week is being connected to Jesus is the only way that we are able to live in God's purposes and destiny for us. Apart from Jesus, we can do nothing of eternal value. We want to obey Jesus out of a response to God's love for us. So everything we've heard today, when we read that mission statement, when we hear the message that was given to Mark, the words that were given to us, everything that God has for us is only possible in our connection with Jesus. And so as you go about this week, as you, you know, go through your days, Remember your connection with him. Be aware of your connection with him. Let him speak to you and, and let him show you what he's doing so we can be a part of that. Have an amazing week. Enjoy one another. Enjoy the coffee and cookies at the back and uh, we will see you next Sunday.